solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Bum bum ba bum 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 bum. Chapter three. Will and won't. Welcome to another episode. I'm Molly. I'm Alex, and this, this is, is Potter, Potter Watch. Watch. That was great. <laughs> um. Well, we're doing chapter three. Will and won't. 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 I was just saying, like, why is it called that? And I guess I get it. I mean, I didn't have a better rename, really. It just says, it just says, I just wrote, um, tying up loose ends. Straight to the point. Very straight to the point. Mine says cruel creatures. What is it? Cruel creatures. Cruel. I thought you said cool and I was like, I guess. (laughs) Like the jerseys are cruel and like creature is cruel. (laughs) I get it. I get it. Cruel Um, is a hard word to keep saying. Yeah. Cruel. Cruel creatures. Cruel Cruel creatures. I feel like this is the first time I've ever experienced that thing that you have with certain like Harry Potter names (laughs) with trying to say the word cruel. I have some troubles. (laughs) Nobody knows. A big black bug and the big black bug sat in the big brown bear and the big black bug bled blood. Something like why, that. Why did the big black bug? I, I think I mixed I think I mixed it up. <laughs> the big black bug. Let me, try, let me let me take it back. There's a big brown bear and a big black bug, and the big brown bear sat in the big black bug and the big black bug bled blood. <laughs> now don't ask me to say horror or scrimge or horror it is a weird word though yeah it's almost like you have to say it in an english accent yeah it is easier in a british accent or it's harder because it's like too it's more separated in an english accent yeah maybe my maryland accent is coming out yeah, order. <laughs> we were watching 30 Rock, and Elizabeth Banks's character is supposed to be from Maryland. And she's like, that was before I got rid of my Maryland accent. And she's like, does have an accent, but it's not, to me, it doesn't feel very Maryland. It's not like a Baltimore accent or even like an Eastern Shore accent. Like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but um, I was like, okay. <laughs> all right there (laughs) like it wasn't dramatic enough I guess yeah but we don't have that dramatic of an accent right so I was like why did you choose like it's funny that's probably funny because they don't have like we don't have that much of an accent but her voice was different than how she had been talking but I I can't pinpoint what it was I'll watch that episode and try and like and see Um, my friend, um, I was talking to my friend Vita today in Slovenia, 
and she always thinks that we have a like we have a very she can hear our distinct accent like the Maryland accent and I was like I don't know what you mean by that but apparently there was a teacher in College Park that went to go teach in Slovenia and she does theater so she was like in her theater class and she was like that teacher speaks exactly like you I know I always feel like we're neutral um but I guess most people think they're neutral right so I don't I I never feel like I have an accent same except for if I am doing it consciously like I'm saying something right wooder (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> hello camera um anyway anyway anywho anywho to boodles um we have some um some newspaper clippings do, what, what that's kind you, of like so the you, first part of this chapter is just like the newspaper stuff I know, but don't you want to summarize our chapter oh. with the five seven five? Thank God that you're keeping us on track. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's not count my syllables as we go. <laughs> oh no! Well, I had I wanted to do a thing. I just decided to kind of quote some of my favorite quotes as my haiku. And it's close to a five seven five. Uh, plus okay. or minus like two. Okay. <laughs> You've heard it here, folks. Agapanthas flourish, accidental rudeness occurs, flighting adventure tempts. <laughs> I like it. It like I think I'm over by two. I didn't count, so I don't know. Yeah, we don't need to count. What did you have? Mine is bad, but it is the correct amount of (laughs) The Dursleys retreat. Black gives Harry Grimmauld place. Correct. (laughs) Spanked by Daddy D. (laughs) Wait, what was the last part? Spanked by Daddy D. Spanked? How yeah. gay. That is how I feel the Dursleys uh, must have felt when they were, ju- when Dumbledore left, that they had just got a swift spank on the bottom. Yeah. That's... For their treatment. We're really taking Big Daddy D there today. Oh, yeah. Big Daddy D is in full swing today. Full swing. Full swing of that Swinging whip. around. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. He's in rare form today, Dumbledore. He, like, the swagger of a champion. I have a lot of notes about his swagger. Friend of the show, Laura, mentioned this chapter on the call-in as, like, a strong memory from this book, and I totally agree. Like, this is so great. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. This and the next chapter. Like, I think about the next chapter with Slughorn so much because it's so telling of Slughorn and yeah it's a really fantastic introduction to Slughorn I think and Harry like Harry's reaction to Slughorn is so telling of Harry's character I feel like yeah 
Oh yeah. So I'm, I'm where, I'm where we were about to dive in. So, um, the, some, some newspaper clippings. Let's dive into that, um, chap, chappy tar. Like yeah. we're diving into the journal from book Temptress, two. That adventure temptress, fleeting adventure called temptress. Something like I that. love that line. I, I was, I thought of a new, um, a new segment. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be every chapter, but um, what what we could get tattooed from this chapter, and that would be like the pool for this chapter is flighting temptress, comma adventure, flighty <laughs> temptress adventure. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Ooh, I love that game. That's really good. I love that. Okay. Like not every chapter is gonna have a tattoo option, but I feel like most you could come up with something. Yeah, and then I feel like. It's like more of a challenge to figure one out. Like, I think we should try and find them for every chapter because one might be like the shirts, like in Gilmore Girls, like when Kurt's trying to make shirts like Rory ate oat, the vet ate oatmeal. Like, yeah. it'll, it'll be like Ron ate porridge. Or like <laughs> when Lavender gives him the locket, like the locket would be the tattoo. Right, exactly. Um, that's a perfect tattoo. Juan Juan. It just says <laughs> like on the neck, like going down the chest. Like, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, my note on the newspaper though, I think was sorry, I just lost it. Um Oh, mine was like on something very specific. So I don't know if you had general notes on the newspaper stuff. No, just that I liked it. It's a fun, it's another fun way. Like she got very creative with how to update us in this book. And I really, yeah. I really like that. And I like the juxtaposition of these information pieces versus the first chapter. And it's mm-hmm. like, you have now the insider knowledge as wizards versus the first chapter which is kind of the like dumbed down yeah muggle version um but they mentioned the whole chosen one thing in this first newspaper clipping how did that term like come into the public like how common are prophecies where they would assume the prophecy the alleged prophecy had to do with Harry being chosen to kill Voldemort? I don't know if it's definite, if it's definitively like they know it's because he's the one that's supposed to kill Voldemort or just that he's the one that's chosen. Cause I think he's kind of not had the specific title, the chosen one for his whole life, but like the boy who lived, I feel like it's not that hard of a leap to jump, especially since he's defeated Voldemort so many times or bested Voldemort so many times now. I think that's like an assumption that people, I, at least smart enough to be working at the profit, could probably make a leap too. I guess I'm just kind of surprised that they are making the leap that the idea of a chosen one even exists, that there is somebody that's meant to kill Voldemort, but then that made me think maybe prophecies are 
I think they're probably in place, but like known. Yeah, I think so too, because I think it go a lot of Harry Potter follows a lot of like in terms of prophecies, I feel like it follows a lot of like Greek mythology rules. And in that world, it's like there are chosen ones and in a world of prophecy, you're just aware that life is fate-based so like and that there's usually a checks and balances system so someone as evil as Voldemort must have a way to bet yeah. and I, and that could be I don't know that could be a leap but I I'm willing to make that leap in this magical world that that's probably yeah I definitely think so because there were hundreds of rows of prophecies they were on row 97 and that yeah. was what 1985 or whatever yeah. year it was right so I think they're probably like aware aware enough of in the world yeah and and even especially like older wizarding families like Ron mentions um omens and believing in omens mm-hmm. I do think it has to do with kind of in a similar vein it's like maybe I don't really believe in it but like I do wink wink believe in it like I, I'm not right. gonna say I don't <laughs> it's the darkest omen of our world the omen of death thank you Bem you're welcome <laughs> um but yeah definitely the Scottish play we learned a lot about prophecies oh for sure for sure and how we should probably ignore them and always wash our hands just like the lady of the house (laughs) i'm i'm doing a virtual um performance for molly out out damn spot (laughs) um yeah um i love um a little mention of gran here I know. By, his good, by his good friend, Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised she would even, like, bring herself to quote, for like, give a quote for the Daily Prophet. She kind of seems above it. I think she, like, she wants the notoriety. And she's proud of Nev. Yeah, she's proud of Nev. It's so sweet. Um... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Um, I said this advisory, like their um, steps and rules to take, seemed really triggering to me. <laughs> so I think the same thing. Darker circumstances. Actually, I thought about doing a little art project and making something similar and posting it on our social media. Oh, that would be cool! Like from the Daily Prophet, the day because of social distancing, the Daily yeah. Prophet. Yeah, and, and keeping the language the same, protecting your home and family against dark forces, <laughs> aka Corona, um, COVID nineteen. They also have this like safety thing, like specifically for students at Hogwarts. Do you? I kind of answer my own rhetorical question, I guess. But do you think that they would be doing this? anyway not just because Harry's there and I kind of answered it being like yeah because students are probably like most vulnerable to and Hogwarts is vulnerable to Baltimore kind of attacking but it seemed yeah it seemed pretty standard yeah yeah um but I Uh, 
obviously Harry makes things more complicated, I guess. Right. I mean, it definitely puts a bigger target on the student's back that Harry is going to be there. Like, I don't agree with Pansy, but I see. <laughs> right. Okay. I think about this all the time, mostly because I'm writing a fan fiction where she's a main character right now. Like, she's the point of view character. And I have to, she has to defend herself a lot, obviously. But just to right some wrongs. She has to right some wrongs. But, like, as apologetic as she can be, like, she's like, look, man, he put us all in danger. Like, like I, I had nothing to do with that. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not the Dark Lord. I wasn't even a Death Eater. All I knew was people were dying, and he said, turn in Harry, and nobody's going to die anymore. If anything, I am the hero. More people. <laughs> Put your mask on, Harry. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, Harry, put your mask on. Stay at home. Yes, stay at home. home. Don't come to Hogwarts. Stay at home. <laughs> yeah, like, again, I don't agree with her, but I get it. Like, not, I'm not looking to be killed today. I'm not asking I'm for not a revolution. I'm not trying to die for Harry. I'm just kidding. I would probably try and die for Harry. I would be on the, I would take charge of, like, getting the younger kids out. Like, I'm not on the front lines, but I'm helping in my own way. Right. (laughs) Right. Just to be honest. (laughs) And then I'm, like, leaving with them. (laughs) Gathering the first years, putting them on the ship. Because obviously I'm a prefect for Ravenclaw House, so... I'm oh. helping everyone get out, and then I'm also leaving. <laughs> but I did my part. I stayed around long enough to make sure the kids are out. <laughs> Anybody else that wanted to stay, that's their choice. They made it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> there's nothing, there's no shame in that. I mean, a little bit. It's- no, it's a literal war. That would be like right now if World War Three happened and we didn't like volunteer. Like no one's gonna blame you for not volunteering to be a part of World War Three. I'm volunteering to stay home. I am a hero. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah, so <laughs> moving on. Moving on.com. Um it is, so I picked up on something. So it is legal to side along children, side along apparate children. Oh, yeah, they, they mentioned that. Because it's part of their advisory. Because we, we were talking about that as, like, uh, why don't you just do this, like, easy solution? And I don't know. Yeah, in the Quidditch, it was for the Quidditch World Cup, and then it was also for... No, I think it was the Quidditch World Cup because they were like, then we'll come back and we'll go get... Yeah, but I think there was something else where we were like, wouldn't this solve everyone's problems by just doing side-along apparition? And now I don't really remember what it is, but um, next book, hello, why doesn't everyone just do fucking side-along apparition with Harry? Why do you have to fly across London to get him to safety? Like, I get that you can't apparate into the Order's houses, but let's apparate to a spot and then maybe just fly in or whatever. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're, you're right. 
It doesn't make sense. I don't want to think about it too long. I don't want our friends to get mad at us for poking out the plot holes. Yeah. Um, sorry, Sophia, whenever you get to this. <laughs> However. <laughs> but no, I, damn it. I There was something that we talked about. And I know it was probably for the Quidditch World Cup, but I think it was something more recently that we were like, they could just side along apparition. Is it for is it for when they're going to well maybe the, it's the rescue the ministry? The ministry? Is it when they're no, going to because they're not with anybody, but maybe it's the the broom. Oh, it was the in. it was the rescue for Harry. Yeah, same thing as next book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we did talk about it. That that's what it was. And it was like, why don't you just operate with Harry? They just love being exposed and open. <laughs> oh no. They're like and they're like, well, we can't possibly do an unsanctioned port key right now. Dumbledore does them all the time. <laughs> like, but that's Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're gonna let it go. We're gonna let it go. <laughs> let it go. <clears throat> I was singing the new song today. Um, um into the unknown. Did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, I told you. Oh, like, yes, 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 yes. Oh, I love I But love I don't it. know any of the words except for into the unknown, and I just kept repeating it over and over again to Griffin. <laughs> I'm sure he loved that. It is beautiful. And I tried to pass it off as my own song. <laughs> He believed you, I'm sure, that you came up with into the unknown, blah, 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 blah. I don't know the words into the unknown. <laughs> the unknown. Yeah. He was like, I think I've heard that somewhere else. <laughs> um, the, oh my God. That's going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day now. Just Thank that so part too. It's like into the unknown. <laughs> into the unknown. There's no other words in that song. Yes, there are. I can hear you, but I won't. Well, some look for trouble and others don't. Wow. You really upped the ante. Sorry, um, I worked with children when this came out, so I know almost every word to that album. You would know it whether or not you worked with children. True. I do like the Frozen 2 soundtrack. It's a bop. Yeah. Um... I love how friendly and nonchalant um, Dumbledore's note is to Harry. Oh, yeah. Such a welcome change from last book. I need to stop, like, reacting. I know, we're doing a lot of... (laughs) A lot of face reactions, a lot of side-eye through the Zoom chat. We do anyway, like in person. We have to kind of narrate sometimes when we're giving each other faces. Right. But I feel like I'm doing it more here because it feels like a recording already. So yeah. I think that my face is enough. Like this is live. I met Harry not believing that Dumbledore will really come. And I said, he's so broken. And he no, told me. He keeps reading this dull letter with like five words in it over and over again. So many trust issues. All of his daddies have left him. Stop it. (laughs) 
this poor boy. Like, that is very telling. And he's like, I'm not going to pack my suitcase because something's going to go wrong. and He's really not going to come. And I don't want to get my hopes up. Big Daddy is Santa Claus to him. I don't believe in Dumbledore anymore. Yikes. There is no elf on the shelf. <laughs> there's there's no creature in the house. Dudley. <laughs> um I'm impressed that the Dursleys are up at midnight. Same, honestly. Like they party. <laughs> the Dursleys go hard in the paint. I mean, it's summertime. Why not? Why not? Yeah, that's true. Um, I have really no notes for the next like couple parts because I just love all of the big daddy energy, all oh, of yeah. the Dursley interactions with him. This is where the I start having notes about the swagger. Um he just walks in with so much Big Daddy D energy that it's like unreal. Um, it's accidental so calculated. Oh I yeah, love it. Accidental ru- rudeness happens all the time. Best to say nothing, dear dear man, my old boy or whatever he says. So good. I was like, that is some high class sass, Dumbledore. I also like the little wink J.K. Rowling gives us where he's like, to Petunia, we've corresponded, of course. And Harry's like, that's interesting. Okay, moving on. And we're like, we know. We know what's up. Petunia knows. Petunia's stressed this whole chapter. I want this whole chapter from Petunia's perspective. Oh, same. I assumed you were going to be offering me refreshment. Oh, yeah. So he offers them the um, Rosmerta's mead. Yeah. Is that what is poisoned later on? Is this like a wink to that? What do you mean? When no. Ron, so Ron drinks. No, no because uh, it's a gift. No, no, not not like this specifically, but was it mead? Like, was Slughorn meaning to give Dumbledore mead, or was it wine? Um, I think it might have been aged mead. I think you might be right. Because I think it's meant to be like a little foreshadowing that little... Dumbledore likes Resmerta's mead, which is why... Oh, yeah. I'll, we'll have to look out for that. Or I, It might be like elf-made wine. I can't remember. It's either wine or mead, for sure. Right, yeah. It's not, like, a liquor. It's definitely yeah. one of those. I just can't remember if it's, like, elf-made wine or... I don't know. I think it is Rosmerta's mead, and that's what Slughorn was supposed to give Dumbledore, but he gives it to, obviously, Ron instead. But I think this is supposed to be, like, a little foreshadowing. A and little wink-wink, nudge-nudge. I hope it is, and I, and that's, that's good. If yeah. It, if it's not whatever <laughs> um the 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 mention of the continued mention of the glasses hitting them over their head and sloshing everywhere inspired jk rowling quite oh, honestly 
so good. I can see it. It's so funny. I, it makes me a little sad that it's not in the movie. Although I love the way Dumbledore like approaches Harry in the movie, mm-hmm. separate from the book. But oh, I, yeah. I, so I wish good. we got this scene. Um, you'll have to tell me all about that tosser, Harry Potter. Yeah, that's oh. such a cute little scene. It's such a cute scene. I I remember when that came out. I was so jealous of that actress. I was like. If Jonah Radcliffe is gonna hit on any black woman at uh, at a um, at a bakery, it better be me. <laughs> like I was so mad to the point that when we just watched the fifth movie, you thought that there that the actress that played that waitress was in the fifth movie. <laughs> oh, I probably did. I think about her too much. I have me- so much. Jealousy. We like rewinded it and stuff, but like there's like this really small part with Grimold Place and the house next to it when it's like being moved. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I do like, remember. And I was like, it's not her. <laughs> we swapped because normally that would be me making an outlandish claim. <laughs> Correct. Uh, that was not my best moment but you know what I I have so much rage about her um but she's lovely she is lovely she's great I just was like and I just I think it's such a funny scene I I really just have genuine memories of laughing during the sixth movie which is a weird movie to be laughing during I think but yeah, I think that's what everybody's points were, like, in our episode, you know? Like, yeah. it's not that... Is that episode coming out before this episode? And I think if this was one of my, like, top favorite books, I would have been more upset. But I remember being so sad during the sixth book that I think when the movie came out, I was like, this is great. Like, I needed this, like, pick me up. Yeah, I honestly, surprising. Um, I've never had an issue with it when I've re when I've rewatched it. I remember being shocked by it on the initial watch because I had just reread the book, so I was very and that's always been one of my favorites. So it was very like, yeah, close to my heart. But anytime I rewatched it, I was like, oh no, this is fun and funny. You just, like, it was one of the ones that I really have to look at differently, kind of like Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, no, I I remember laughing out loud in the theater. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely was laughing at it. It's okay. funny. Because, like, like my, even, in, even in the theater, I think I was laughing, but I think I was also sort of, like, waiting, waiting for more. Yeah, because this was, um, you know, in the time where you couldn't, like, reserve a seat like we do now. Um, you yeah. know, we reserve our spot in the theater. So my mom and my sister and I got there, I think, a little late, and we had to split up. So we each sat separately or something. Mm-hmm. Or, like, maybe my sister and I sat together, or she was nearby, and she she was so mad because she could remember me, or she kept hearing me laughing during the movie. And she was like, "Yeah, I I heard you. Like, I got yeah, it. I thought it was funny because I think we we like got out of the movie, and I was like, I thought it was so funny. And she was like, "Yeah, I heard. So shady. Um, because I'm sure I had a." She she picked up on my laugh. 
Um, oh yeah. It's just funny because we must have been like in high school, middle school age when that. Yeah, I think out. we were in high school when Six came out. Um, but yeah, I have very good memories of that going to see that film we had to go all the way to Annapolis which was like 45 minutes away I think Um, Annapolis is 45 minutes from you 45 minutes to an hour for some reason I imagine Easton like two hours away well and to Annapolis that's yeah but I guess yeah I guess Annapolis is it takes you probably 45 45 minutes to get to Annapolis and then yeah um I think yeah I think we saw it there like we went on a girls day probably to the mall and then to the movies let's go to the mall today Easton Premier Cinemas was not necessarily the place to be (laughs) (laughs) why it just it was like two theaters and like just very small (laughs) Easton Premier now they've got like the nice leather seats and stuff. They just did a whole renovation. Good for them. Like, I feel like they should get a lot of business if they're the only theater around. Yeah, I mean, they do like okay, but I think it's really hard for non like AMC or Regal theaters to yeah. stay afloat. Because um, they don't they don't get every movie. Um, right. And they, so they own two. They own one in Easton and one in a town called Cambridge. And so between the two theaters, you can usually see all of the movies that are coming out. Okay. Um, but they're both pretty small, small town theaters. Except when, didn't your parents, they wanted to see like Uncut Gems. Oh yeah, they, my parents couldn't see Uncut Gems because it wasn't showing at for the, either. For the best. Or, the best. or Knives Out. I don't think Knives Out was playing. It's, it's oh, very odd which ones end up being shown. Yeah, Knives Out is like a good like that was like a well in a kids movie yeah it was like star wars and then whatever kids movie was out at the time um like we wanted to see something on christmas yeah that was it it was like star wars or whatever kids movie and then maybe one other one but that was also during the renovation so that they only had theaters. a couple movies open now they have four theaters i think but whatever um we we probably we liked going to Annapolis to see movies because it was like nicer yeah and it had the mall um um my next note says please chill Vernon he's Um, dead your godfather's dead dead. he's Dead. dead please chill this is the only part where I'm a little annoyed with Big Daddy B because he's bringing up both Bellatrix and Creature with pretty casualness. And these are both very triggering topics to Harry, as they should be. Yeah, and having Vernon in the background just being like, Bleh. Right, so like Dumbledore, I don't know what his like plan was to like, talk about these things in front of the Dursleys because clearly it could have waited till they at least got to the burrow but I think he kind of just wanted to like deal with it and like let Harry deal with it and like kind of rip it off like a band-aid but I also think he really needs to know about the like the first order of business is um Grimmauld Place and getting that secure 
So I think as soon as they find the will, Dumbledore probably is when Dumbledore sends the letter. So he needs, he doesn't want to wait until after they see Slughorn to do it. He wants to know that the, that Grimmauld place is secure. Yeah, and he might secretly be trying to avoid another, like, outburst. <laughs> I don't know if doing it in front of them is really avoiding another outburst. I mean, it kind of did, because Harry doesn't want to do that in front of the Dursleys. I guess. I don't know. I, I That was the only thing where I was like, all right, Big Daddy, I've got my eye on you. <laughs> A Big Daddy... <laughs> Um, I just a side note, I took a screenshot of how you froze. Oh no. And it's so funny. Oh no. And then um it's just like because it was scary because I didn't know for a while that you were frozen, so I thought you were just silently <laughs> I'm going to send it to you via Facebook. You were, like, clearly frozen. It was, like, half blurry, so. Well, you were, like, it was, like, a a moment where you could have, like, you're like this. And so it could easily be just you being, like, ooh, for a long time. But then it kept happening. I'm sure it would be, like, triggering. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I forgot I had one other, like, note. A little negative towards Big Daddy D. It just says, don't sass me, Big D. And that is in reference to him being like, Harry's like, I don't want creature. And then Dumbledore's like, well, I'm sure you can just relinquish him and then we can give him to Bellatrix. Oh, yeah. He's like, nobody needs your sarcasm right now, Big like, Daddy D. Just say, just say that then. Don't, don't talk oh, yeah. Ask me. This is really sensitive. Creature is the reason that Sirius is dead. Partially. I choose to blame Creature. Um, I think the magic about the house and Harry's ownership and everything is really interesting. Yeah, I like that too. And just that serious thought of it. And Dumbledore even says, like, serious knew what he was doing or whatever. Yeah, I, yes, part of me thinks, yes, Sirius did know what he was doing, but I also think Sirius would have given everything to Harry anyway. Like, I think both are within... No, that's what he meant when Dumbledore said, like, Sirius gave Harry everything and knew what he was doing to make sure Harry got everything. Oh, I thought Dumbledore is implying that, like, he gave everything to Harry because Harry was, like, the smartest person to give it to. And I was like, okay, but it's also because Sirius loved Harry. Like, he would give it to him anyway. No, I think it was, like, he knew, like, how to get past his family's, like, weird family stuff. Okay, that makes sense. Which... I love that. Yeah, he put in the work. I mean, he had the time, all of that time at Grimmel. <laughs> it's like us right now. Is that the consensus that Harry raises his family in Grimmel Place or no? It depends. Because of that one line in this chapter where Harry's like, I never want to go uh be at Grimmauld Place again thinking about Sirius like skulking around so like 
a lot of but then he does come to appreciate i feel like in the seventh one a lot of dreary fan fictions has some have him living in grimmauld place a lot um a, um but i think when it's him and jenny they they move somewhere else but a lot of um it, it becomes a huge plot point in dreary a lot i think because of this magic of the house so, so it's like the it wants a black air the house like is craving a black air so draco has to come to the house and like it'll either like lock them both in the house or it only responds to draco as its master because he's the living black air male air male yeah so it it's like it's fun in fan fiction but also there there's a lot of times where like harry will turn grimmel place into like an orphanage um, which I think is really nice or like a place for like runaway kids. Like you call it like Padfoot's daycare or something like that. I don't know. It's, there are a lot of fun things with it. I like keeping him at Grimmel Place because I like to the history of the Marauders and you can like find different things in, um, you can find. I I like the idea that he ends up living there because he gets over like the negative stuff with it especially like in the seventh book like they really come to like find it as a home. Yeah and that happens a lot too where a lot of times Harry and Ron and Hermione and maybe Neville and like Ginny and Luna like it becomes like a a place where just all of their friend group stays when they're in between places or while they're figuring things out post-war I like those too yeah my in my head canon he does end up living there and it's not like sad it's like me too it back yeah yeah he finds a way to get Wahlberger off the wall (laughs) and then him and the family live there and it's nice because it kind of keeps him connected to Sirius and that's what I think too I think it's more of like a remembrance of Sirius and I mean, I yeah. could see right now not wanting it, like, for him. But, like, right. as an adult and, like, kind of coming back to it, I feel like it's, like, a connection that he can really hold on to. Yeah. Don't they end up living in Godric's Hollow? Is that a thing in Cursed Child? I think that was in Cursed Child, which yeah. I don't like. Because he really has no connection to Godric's Hollow, and he goes back to connect with it and he gets attacked by a snake. For sure. Yeah. I prefer him living at Grimmauld Place, I think. And because I, I like the whole Godric's Hollow thing, but it doesn't feel as earned. Even yeah. in the seventh one, it's not, it doesn't feel earned uh, in the same way. Oh, I think it's earned in the seventh one because it's, I feel like it's like seven books worth of earned for him to return there I just wish there had been some and I'm sure she just didn't think of it but I just wish there had been some mention of it early on so it's like we're we're returning to this from Mm -hmm. this like very small like mention earlier but it's only introduced in the seventh one that his parents ever lived there and then they visit in the seventh one so the the introduction. Oh, I guess you're right. I guess because when I reread the books, I'm aware that they're in Godric's Hollow. So I always think it's like mentioned from the beginning. But I guess you're right. It's they don't like name it until later. I I think now now that you're saying it, now I'm I, feel, I like have 
but I'm not sure that I am placing that memory there because he does talk about the house. They bring back that memory a lot, but they don't, I don't know if they say the name Godric Tallow, but when I reread it, it would be in Hagrid's retelling and I don't think it's there. Yeah. Well, so are you thinking the first time they say it is when they mention that Dumbledore lived there? Because there must be, it must be before that because because when Harry finds out about the Dumbledore thing, I Harry's at the end wait, of what this book. Oh, okay, okay. I think he says at the end of this book, he's like, "I want to go to Godric's Hollow." Okay. Or, or he says at the very beginning of the seventh book, like because that's where it all began. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up. I, really. yeah, I would like some fact checking on when was the first time it's mentioned that they live in Godric's Hollow. I know he doesn't realize, I know the moment when he realizes that Dumbledore lived there is definitely in the seventh one, which yeah. is great. Like, I, I just don't know when he realizes that his parents lived in Godric's Hollow. If I can't Google it, I'm gonna well, go on the Drary Discord and I'll ask them. But I'm on the Godric's Hollow wiki. Godretalo is a village. Okay, somebody asks the question. This is on Reddit. At the end of book six, Harry expresses... It's first mentioned in the Philosopher's Stone. Okay. Because this question was like, at the end of book six, Harry expresses to Ron and Hermione his desire to visit Godric's Hollow as this is where he was born and where his parents are buried. My question is, how the hell does Harry know this? I've read the series many times and I can't recall any instance where Godric's Hollow is mentioned in Harry's presence. Okay, all right. It's, I think, never mind. They when say they say the village. Well, yeah, when they say appearances, they are meaning because they're describing what Godric's Hollow is. I don't know when the first time they say the I word. I think that's the first time it's, it's explicitly mentioned. I think she's retconning a little bit, being like, we always knew, and now Harry's just saying it. Because <laughs> I think they mentioned, like, that they lived in a village. But they yeah. don't say Godric's Hollow until, I think it's until the, the end of this book. Interesting. You learn something new every day. Every reread. But, I, I mean, I like it. That I love that he goes back and all of that stuff, but I don't feel like that's his true home, I guess. Yeah, and I don't know... To go back he, to our original thing. <laughs> I don't know if he thinks of it. Yeah, yeah. I think I disagree with it for, like, his final resting place. But I think even... His he, final resting place. Oh, no. I mean, as his, like, I don't agree with it as his final living. I do actually agree with it for his final resting place with the no. Peverells and yes. his parents. But, I mean, I don't agree with it for him to, like, live there when he's older, but I do agree with him wanting to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, it's, like, he's never visited his parents' graves before. He hasn't been back. Like, that place holds a that lot of That all, I'm with you. I just yeah. mean, like, it wouldn't feel earned to me that he would be like, I need to live here with my family. Oh, I agree. I agree. That, that feel earned. 
Grandma's face feels earned as like a family. By the burrow. Yeah. That, yeah, that would, would feel earned. Or, yeah. you know, you could teach it Hogwarts. That would feel That earned. feels super earned. Let's just say all of the things that feel earned. <laughs> I want to feel hurt. Harry being an auror feels earned. <laughs> No, it does not feel earned. I do not want him to be an horror. Hermione not being minister feels earned. <laughs> you were doing so well and agreeing, and then you had to bring that up. <sighs> anyway. We've still yet to get to this part that you're speaking about where she says explicitly that she doesn't want to be Minister of Magic. She says she doesn't want to be in politics or something. Oh, whatever. Um, LOL that this is all Petunia cares about when Dumbledore's like, Harry's of age next year. And she's like, no, he's not. No. Really. <laughs> like, I, it's just so telling because she doesn't say Harry turned 17 this year. She says, no, Harry's birthday is one month after Dudley's birthday and Dudley turns 18 in a year and a half. Which also means she knows when Harry's birthday yeah, is. Yeah, she could have easily said that Harry's that turns 18 next year, but she had to say it like through Dudley. I also forgot that the Dursleys already knew that Voldemort was back because Dumbledore says it like one, obviously, you know, Dumbledore, or Voldemort's back, but all the other things that Dumbledore has brought up, the Dursleys didn't know. Um, and I was waiting for their reaction. I was like, oh, wait, no, we got that last year. I forgot. They're the only people that believe Harry <laughs> that Voldemort's back. Correct. Correct. The Dursleys are the only believers. Bleak. They are true believers and it is bleak. Dursleys, Order of the Phoenix, Ron and Hermione. End of list. (laughs) Not even Seamus. (laughs) Um... It would have been nice. It would have been more polite just to drink it, but okay. Um, love it. I also am really glad that we get the Dumbledore shaming the Dursleys moment on um, I asked you to raise him as if he were your son and obviously, or clearly you didn't do as I asked. Okay. Same. I I was wondering how you were going to feel about this. Like, I'm glad we at least get that moment. It's mine. I'm glad that we get it, but it kind of pisses me off because they're immediately scared. So he easily could have done this like five years ago and his life would have been better. Or like 12 years ago. (laughs) Right. But I don't think he knows. Well, we've talked about this. We don't know if he knows how severe Harry's mistreatment really is. Right, but that's the whole point is, like, shouldn't he? 
Yes. Should he be keeping tabs on him at yes. all? At the very least, yes, he should have done it 12 years ago. At the very least, why wouldn't you do it when he got to school and he was starving and he clearly wasn't like being treated well? And then he's like, well, at like, least he out like Dudley. But it's like, there's an in-between. There is an in-between between Dudley and what Harry, like what Harry went through. Yeah, there is an in-between between Dudley and being shoved in a cupboard at the age of two years old. Yeah, clearly he knew where he was sleeping because that's where the letter went. I'm making a lot of facial expressions. Sorry, I'm guys. a lot of aggressive blinking. <laughs> a lot of side eye. There's so much side eye going on over here on this screen. Um, but I still am glad that we got this, like, shaming moment of the Dursleys. Because yeah. even though we as readers, as intellectuals, know that clearly <laughs> he's being abused and that this was, like, an incredibly traumatic childhood. I don't think that was the intention. I think it was supposed to be dramatic for the book that he was like living in a cupboard and bought, like all of that was not meant to be. I feel like it was supposed to be, she like starves him. Like they're like, she had every other opportunity to like take it back in subsequent books and make it not as severe. But she they like starve him in later books and things are rough. Yeah, I, but I don't think it was meant to be, like, a plot point that it was, like, trauma in the way that we think about trauma in childhood today. Like, I think it was meant to be a little bit more surface level. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know what's in J.K. Rowling's head, but... I would never say that I did. If she thinks that... Shoving a kid in a cupboard and making them be your uh, servant isn't child abuse. That's what I mean. Like, I don't think she was thinking about, like, I think she was just like, I'm going to write about this and, like, it's going to be dramatic. And, like, we want him to, you, we want you to see him as being treated this way. But, like, I don't think it was meant to think about it in a deeper sense of, like, all of that stuff, maybe. I don't know. I just, Especially even as, like, a kid reading these books, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's awful, but, like, movingon.com. Right. I mean, I think and I think it was pick, meant to be moving on. on like, when I read it to kids, kids pick up on it. When I read it to kids, kids are like, they're terrible. Like, that yeah, is like we were like, oh, my gosh, there's, and that, I think that's all meant to happen, but I don't think we're supposed to be, like, analyzing it. Yeah, that's fair. And... I'm not even saying, like, that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just pointing out, I guess, that yeah. what the intention was with it, more or less. Yeah. I, no, I know what you mean. I We're not supposed to be, like, deep diving it the way that we are. Right. But I do have feelings about it, nonetheless. Sure. Um, I wonder why people come of age specifically at 17 in the wizarding world. I think it's all about seven. Oh, that's probably true. Seven years at Hogwarts, seven. Seven years of bad luck. Seventeen. It's the most magical number, Alex. I get it. I just, I forgot about. I didn't, I 
I guess I forgot about it as like a, they, the magical world would value magical numbers as opposed to like JK Rowling values magical numbers, you know? Yeah. Um, um, one of my, my, actually my last note was, it's sad because we know now that Dumbledore is doing all of this with the Dursleys because he knows he won't be around next year to make sure that this happens, that they take one more year. That's a great point. That's a really great point. And it is really sad. Because there's no need to bring it up right now. Like, oh, next year, Harry will be like, normally that would just, we would introduce that next year, but he knows that he's not going to be around. And he needs to let them know what's up and scare them. I think he's he's going over the top to scare them because he knows he's not going to be around to, to protect Harry in any capacity. Not that, as we've noted, that he's not been really protecting Harry, but he's not going to be doing anything next year. No, that you, you're make that's a great, that's a great point. Um, and he's like, till next time. And I'm like, <gasps> no. <laughs> not many people say Dumbledore is their hardest death except for my mother no she said she would bring him back yes which was smart yeah I Dumbledore was a really hard death for me reading it I mean I was devastated by it um for sure I don't want to pretend like I was like fine with Dumbledore dying, but it, I think it's because Sirius and Fred are such a trauma that it's like, it's not my hardest death. I don't think. It is, it, it, in like the context of the book series, this and Sirius death are honestly, while reading it was really hard. Both of them were like equally as hard. And again, as a reader, I read the book as Harry was living it. Whereas Harry was like in denial about serious death. And then we got to Dumbledore's death. And he was not in denial, but he was like at peace with it. And I was like a little bit at peace with it. Like Harry was, but I was still like, maybe he'll come back. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember not believing that Dumbledore was actually dead at the six, at the end of the sixth one. I think that was part of my suspicion with Snape was that it was like, a plan and that Dumbledore was going to come back. I think that I remember that being what I believed. So maybe that's why it didn't hit me as hard because I didn't really believe that he was dead. I, well, like there, I think there was even a line where Harry was like with the, the white tomb and that, and I think that JK Rowling was really trying to tell the readers, this is it. This is for real. And I think I, I like acknowledge that as a reader in some, some capacity, not as intellectually as I am right now. (laughs) (laughs) At some level, I was like, this is for real. And I was with Harry because Harry was like, this is for real. Yeah. Oh boy. Boy, boy. boy. And it just was like, how are we going to keep going without him? And then in the seventh book, I was just so mad. Like, 
Dumbledore, why didn't you say all this? Oh yeah, I get mad at him in the seventh one. The seventh one's gonna be hard for me to read because I get really upset. I feel like, I think, and obviously I'll be different when we get to it, but I think like, I get it. Like why? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I've gotten most of my like anger about it out already. So, like, when we get to, like, the reveal of a lot of his stuff with Grindelwald, that won't bother me. Yeah, like, like his family, like, I think his stance is, like, that's not anyone else's business. Yeah, yeah, I have no, I don't care about the Ariana stuff. Like, I think it's really sad, but I don't blame him for that. Like, that's a sad story to me. Yeah, I think it's the Deathly Hallows stuff. That and I and I still think that he was trying to protect Harry from it in some way and was still like part of the like almost childlike part of Dumbledore, which is what I love about Dumbledore, was like maybe Harry is the one to to hold on to the Deathly Hallows, but he didn't he like didn't want to even believe it. Like part of him didn't even yeah. want to believe it. Right. I mean, we'll talk about this more when when we get there. Um, but that's a really good point about Jumbledore and his like living, especially because I think that time in his life, except for probably the ending of the whole situation, was probably some of the best years of his life, yeah. like in terms of memory and childhood. And I think he liked believing in something bigger than himself. Yeah. Um. That was all my And believing that he could bring somebody back. Oh, well, yeah. Like, like that, just even that one part of the Deathly Hallows, because that's what he always said was his thing that he wanted, which was, like, Harry's thing was that he'd want the stone. So, I don't know. I just... Yeah, but I don't know if then... I don't know if at the time he would want the stone, because he wants the stone to bring back Ariana now. Like well, now, he said selfishly he wanted the stone so he could bring back his mom to watch oh. over Ariana. Right, 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 right. And it was, it was. He was said it was like totally selfish. I don't know. I just, and I know you and I have different feelings on the last chapter with Dumbledore in the seventh one, and I take that totally surface level that that's Dumbledore telling us all of these things, whereas you see it more as like Harry's in Harry's head. I don't know how I feel about it. I know I probably have had really strong stances that it's in Harry's head before. And I don't, I'm not saying I don't believe that because that's definitely a thought I have a lot. We both might feel totally different when we get to it, but I've always took it surface level. Like this is Dumbledore and this is the- Oh no, you're right. I do kind of think it's in Harry's head. I don't know- but like right now I'm even doubting myself. So we'll see. We'll see when we get there how I actually feel about it. I, I just by especially by the end of the series, I have so much love for Dumbledore. And I know I go through times where I'm like, oh, I'm so mad at him. But I like I have so much love there that I will always come back to that feeling for Dumbledore. Oh yeah, Dumbledore is like I'm so hard on him because I love him. Yeah, and I think we are very negative on the podcast, so I just want to, like, kind of reiterate that, like, oh, yeah, that's so much. Although, we do call him Big Daddy D. Like, we're negative. Only when we like him. (laughs) Yeah, he has an esteemed, he has an esteemed uh, role. He also gets 
He's also our champ a lot. He's like, the most complex character, like, including, like, all of the villains. Like, yeah, is the most interesting to talk about in good and bad ways. And I love that she makes him so flawed. Like, I oh, think yeah, for sure. Lady. Like, if he was just perfect, like, he's kind of made out to be in the first, like, couple of books, it would be not as interesting. So I oh, love yeah. it. He's an incredible character. I just want to, if I, I would just want to give him a big hug, big daddy D. And again, I just feel the way about him that Harry does. Like by the end, Harry's like not angry anymore with him. And I- Well, yeah, Albus Severus Potter. Well, I'm not with Harry on the Severus thing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a little bit. I'm like, he was a brave man. (laughs) Like I'm also there, but I wouldn't name my child after him. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of other people that are important, such as Sirius and Remus. I mean, Sirius is, it's James Sirius Potter and Albus Severus Potter. And Remus Lupin was there. Right. So, yeah. So I really think if he was going to do the naming thing, he could have done Albus Remus Potter. Or Albus Hagrid Potter. Potter. <laughs> Lily McGonagall Potter. I'm just not. Lily Minerva Luna McGonagall. Well, I think it's weird to name somebody after somebody that's living. Me too, but they named her Lily Luna. Really? Yeah, her name is Lily Luna Potter, Albus Severus Potter, and James Sirius Potter. She put Luna in there. Lily Nymphadora. (laughs) Well, they did. They wanted to throw Ginny a boat because Harry was clearly naming all the children. So I think she put Luna in there because she's Ginny's best friend. But if you're going to go with somebody for Ginny, do Luna or Lily Molly, like... Or Lily, or Lily Ginevra. Like. Ginny would never. <laughs> Ginny would never name a child after herself. Look, I'm going to pull a Lorelai Gilmore one of these days. Oh, I'm not saying there's a problem with naming a child after you, but I just don't think Ginny would do it. But Harry would. <laughs> Harry didn't, though. Harry no, didn't I just it. mean, like, if they were having that conversation. Yes. <laughs> anyway, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Let's wrap this mother up. Did you have more notes? No. Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy, Hoggy, Hogwarts, teach us something, please. Quiz, 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 quiz. Um, I have a quiz question. So do I. All right, give yours. How many times does creature say won't? You wanted me to count those? Just guess. I thought it was a great quiz question. It is, but it's like kind of impossible because I was listening to it. I didn't like look at it. Won't, won't, won't. I think I'm going to say eight. Huh? Eight. Twelve? Twenty-two. Jesus Christ almighty. (laughs) 
if my calculations are correct, which listeners feel free to correct me. Yeah, that's crazy. That's cuckoo bananas. Okay, what was your question? What does Dumble what was Dumbledore reinstated as? Um whizzing gamut person. <laughs> elder <laughs> and chocolate frog um he was reinstated Mer- as merlin first class no oh. but he probably was that too yeah but it says specifically in this chapter that he was reinstated as chief warlock of the wizard gammon okay yeah. you're right you were close whizzing gammon person yeah how many points did you give this chapter? I gave it 80 points. I went 143. <laughs> Whoa, Zeboza. I love it. Me too. I just felt like my points were getting high again. I have no idea where to put my points, so. <laughs> yeah. Champ? Uh, Big Daddy D. Obs. Obs. Obsy dobsy. And what about your rat? I guess I'm going to go with Vernon. That's what I put. Because he was the most chatty. Yeah, he was the rudest about Sirius. That's kind of... But I was thinking Petunia, I'm like, you're not going to speak up? Yeah. Yeah. Side eye. Side eye for real. Well, this has been another episode. Um, Stay magical. Charmed, I'm sure. Mischief managed. Bum, bum, ba, bum, 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 bum.